<laughs> What's up, man? How's it going, bro? Good, dude. Good morning to you. Um, I, you were messaging me probably at like 6 a.m. your time. So I was yeah. just curious, like what, what time you get up today slash every day? I, at the moment, I tend to wake up between, yeah, 5.30 and 6 a.m. I don't use an alarm. That's just when I wake really? up. Like regardless of how much sleep I get. I will Are you serious? Up. So, so if you stayed yeah. up late for some reason till whatever midnight or something, you'd still wake up. If I stayed up till midnight, maybe I'd wake up a little bit later around yeah. seven. But uh, yeah, like most of the time, it's between five thirty and six. Regardless, dude, of I'm so jealous. Sleep. I'm so jealous. We could talk about sleep for like twelve hours. It's so interesting yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. and I have so many struggles with it. But um, anyways, good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. Yeah, thanks. Long day for me. I got up at four fifteen. So, oh man, that's yeah, early. come at me. Yeah, baby. So this is episode one of yep. the Outliers podcast. Which, uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably going to be a bit of a train wreck because we haven't got much structure, and it is the first one. But, um, the, I guess briefly, like just talking about why we're doing this. Or where the yeah. idea came from for me uh like you sonny i'm obsessed with human performance optimization uh and also studying people who are i guess outliers as the name would suggest uh people who are the top of their field um are kind of outside the average on the the end of the bell curve the good end uh and so I thought, well, why not start a podcast around it? Some sort of long form discussion, uh, maybe interviews at some point and texted you about it and you were keen. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and do you consider yourself personally like a performance junkie kind of, I mean, you're always up to something, you're training something, you yeah. have some fitness goals, some, I don't know, you probably from time to time you have coaches you use for any various things, whatever. Absolutely. I would, I would say I am, uh, I do find it hard to like strike the balance between that and like just trying to optimize everything to, yeah. to a detrimental point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Brian have Johnson. you seen on, have you seen on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen on Twitter the, uh, the Huberman type? Have you heard of that phrase? Uh, no, huh? I know Huberman. Yeah. Well, there's like a meme called human okay. type where someone who like optimizes yeah. the shit yeah. out of everything but they don't actually do any work or like you know what i mean like they're just it's constant optimization and optimization but there's no living from the the core or like the soul yeah there's no yeah. soul to it i guess that's what i'm saying yeah see that's why i think it like peter atia talks about how it's so important to to come up with your strategy before your tactics and when it comes to health mm. and performance, 99% of what's out there is tactics. That's all anybody wants to talk about is, dude, take this or try this. Do a thousand pushups yeah. before noon. Like um, for me, I try to focus on like performance pillars, which is like, yes. you know, sleep, body, mind, family, um, just a handful of those kind of basics. And I try to make sure that I'm just doing enough to be building and growing in each bucket instead of just optimizing for optimization's sake. The counter to that though, is I freaking love to experiment. I'm sure mm. you do too, but like 
I've always said this, I will try anything three times. People, some people are yeah. like, oh, I'll try anything once. Not me, dude. I'll just keep trying it. I just love to try new things, do new things, hot stuff, cold stuff, in between stuff, change my nutrition, um, you know, anything. I'll try, I'll basically try anything. So that's a part of my, but I enjoy that, you know, that's not yes. such an optimization. That's just a part of, of enjoying life for me. Yeah, it's not a form of procrastination like it is for many people. Yeah, totally. I have a lot to say about procrastination too. <laughs> well, that, that kind of segues into, I guess, our first little bullet point we have here in the notes. Uh, I'll ask you first, what are some yeah. of those experiments that you've done, those tweaks, those tactics that have had yeah. a significant like asymmetrical payoff in terms of performance, quality of life, health, whatever it may be? Yeah, I got I got several of those. Um, so a, a lot of these might be kind of basic. First one, because this is actually a little bit more recent for me, is hydration. And hydration, easy to dismiss, like pretty fucking simple, like drink water, right? But you kind of have to develop like a real strict regime around it to always be optimally hydrated. And I have never done that. So the reason why it's kind of blowing my mind right now is because, so I'll tell you what I've done. And what's changed is I'm drinking every morning, first thing, well, after my run, I'm drinking what I call a hydration bomb. And it's, you know, the basic stuff. It's hydration salts. It's, uh, I mix in lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, ginger, turmeric, magnesium. I just started putting in colostrum, like bovine colostrum. So mm -hmm. that's a new thing for me. But this thing is just like a hydration bomb. And after drinking that first thing in the morning, I almost don't need to drink water again for the rest of the day. It is insane. I am yeah. never thirsty. I am peeing like a fraction of the amount that I was peeing before. So after that, I'll probably drink two of these in a day right. and I'll stop, I'll stop drinking water like plenty of time before sleep. And so I'm just super pumped. Cause like another example, when I'm in the sauna, I'm not thirsty anymore. When hmm. I work out at the gym or I'm lifting pretty hard for like an hour, I'm not like, God, I need water. I need water. Like I have been in the past. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do hydrate during activities, but that's the first thing. It's like small thing. Like that hydration drink probably costs like 99 cents or whatever. And mm. it's just, you know, blown the game up. I love that. I think uh, just the electrolytes and salt alone for me has been a game changer just mm -hmm. at the gym like i never used to, i just used to drink water that was it yeah. uh and then i came across i'd tried electrolyte powders in the past but i think what a lot of people don't realize is most of them have like hardly any salt uh-huh you know like at least the ones you sweeteners yeah yeah, yeah all that kind yeah. of stuff and i remember the first time i had element which is like one gram yeah. of sodium like it's a lot I was like, man, this tastes so salty. I don't know how people drink yes. this. And then Did after you taste the, the, time, the like, unflavored one, like the raw unflavored one? I No, I didn't. It's horrible. I mean, literally it tastes like you're drinking ocean water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and my man. wife loves the unflavored. I'm like, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't get it. Because I was like, it probably doesn't taste that good. So bad. Um, But just, just like a game changer. Like if I have one of those when I work out, like you said, I don't really have to drink the rest of the day there's just something yeah. about yeah. getting it in um, yeah and i mean i'm coming from a place where 
I used to regularly wake up in the middle of the night, super thirsty and get up and drink like half a liter of water at like Hmm. 2 a.m., you know? So anyways, I'm doing way better on hydration. And frankly, that was an extremely easy win. So that's why it's the the number one on my list of small things with a big impact. I like that. What else? Oh, I got a bunch. My next one is, and I guess I sort of focus a little bit more like on like gadgets in a way. But the next big thing for me, and um, so like the first one, like I'm a salt warrior now. Like I'm trying to educate the world about salt. Everybody thinks salt is bad for you. And shitty salt kind of is bad for you, but sidebar. So the next thing is nose. My nose. I made my nose a huge priority. Never have before. Have never really thought about how important the nose is. A lot of people are like rhinoplasty or something. Or no, no. I'm talking about (laughs) like caring for it, like caring for as a big priority. So like, um, a lot of people are talking about nose breathing now which is great and taping your mouth shut at night and all that stuff. But there's a few other things that I do. Um, I use a neti pot, which is kind of a weird, like those things have been around for like, actually like, I don't know, like 2000 years or something. It's kind of funny, Mm -hmm. but I use a neti pot, gets everything super clean and open. I use a saline spray before bed so that I'm just like really clear and moisturized, never have a dry nose. And in the morning when I get up, um, when I'm going for a run uh, or doing mobility or whatever, I use this cool little thing called Hale. You ever seen this? H-A-L-E? No. It's a little plastic. You've probably seen something like it. It's like a little plastic uh, wedge that just pushes your nostrils open a little bit further. It's kind of funny. Like it makes you look a little bit weird and your face ID doesn't work anymore on iPhone. (laughs) You have to always type in the number. But it's like all of a sudden you have like a oxygen tubes going into your nose. So I'll run with those in, I'll sauna with those in. Um, and then at night I'm sleeping with uh, hostage tape. I think there's a bunch of brands, but I use hostage tape. So right. again, I highlight this because all in my investment in nose breathing and nasal health, which turns out to be like wickedly important, has cost me like, you know, 15 bucks or something. Mm. And this is something that's newer for me as well. Like I didn't even think about this for 34 years, you know, of my life. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's a big priority. Yeah, I gotcha. And you've been doing uh, mouth taping, right? Or you have sometimes? Um, I've always been a a nasal breather. And I know that people are like, oh, well, you might still be mouth breathing during the night. Like, I don't, I never wake up with a dry mouth. Um, so, you know, I do it occasionally. Like at the moment, I've got a little bit of a sore throat and I'm like, it probably makes sense for me to mouth tape. So like last night I taped, um, my wife does it. And yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to do. Like most people I've talked to who have done it are like game changer for sleep. Well, I mean, some people need it and some people don't. Um, do you track yeah. your sleep data like pretty rigorously or yeah. just yeah, ev- yeah. every night? So if you've gone, good sleep I've gone numbers. on and off, by the way. That's probably a topic yeah, for another yeah, time. Yeah. Like some people yeah. over track. Um, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I just look at deep plus rim as a percentage of total. And I'm trying mm. to get fifty percent or higher on deep plus rim. Um, and that's like my sleep efficiency thing. But if I mouth tape, I get way more deep sleep. Yeah. If you get enough deep sleep, like without it, then God, why, why would you do it? It's pointless. 
the one the one thing I would like to fix with my sleep, like I get pretty good sleep, um, is I always wake up at least once to to you go do. to toilet. Like to yeah. Do you stop drinking a couple hours before bed? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. You don't need a fucking performance consultant. It's not like like I'm drinking a lot. Like, you know, I might have half a glass of water, but yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you the thing that has changed that for me is the hydration thing in the morning, which I know you use salts and stuff. I don't know if you do like every single day or whatever. And then no. this, I, I stop. I completely total liquid cessation, um, two to three hours before bed. Okay. That does the trick for me. I'll have to do that. Yeah. What's something off your list? Small things with huge, uh, payoff recently. Yeah. A lot of things coming to mind were like not small things. Like the zone two cardio <laughs> is not a small thing. Um, it's like a, actually a commitment. <laughs> so I'm not going to mention that. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the recent one, as we, we've discussed previously, is just cutting back on caffeine, which okay. I've been doing for the past three weeks. Yeah. Um, but are, do you think you're quit- already feeling like benefits from that? Or is it just... 100%. Pain? I've, I've oh, felt yeah. the benefits within the first three days and i didn't expect to uh uh-huh. i'm not quitting cold turkey like some uh more ambitious people me yeah I just uh, did. i <laughs> it's crazy man I, i've tried that before and it, it didn't end well um mm-hmm. but but that's been huge like i was having to give you some context i was having about three coffees before 11 a.m so i would wake yeah. up i'd have a coffee uh, two hours later, I'd have another coffee. Two hours later, I'd have, have another coffee. And then sometimes you, I would have like, okay. yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask because I've been in situations like that where I've built a habit of drinking coffee after coffee. When you get to that point where you're like, I need to cut back, are you still feeling the effects of the coffee you're drinking? Like, are they no. amping you up? Are they making you kind of feel great and focused? That's no, what happens li- to me. It- it's literally it's exactly just like a ritual at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah, associated I, I, with like work. Totally. And I just, for me, it's just the ritual of it. It's such a nice little distraction to make it, to have it. God, I'm going to miss yeah. coffee. I, and by the way, I've only been off of coffee, like cold turkey for a little over a week. But for coffee, mm. that feels like a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That is big. Yeah, yeah I, I want to get to that actually. I'm, I'm curious how it's going. Um, anyway, cut back. I was, and it, yeah. it wasn't because it was like negatively affecting me, or at least that's not what I thought. I was like, eh, I can deal with coffee fine. I don't get anxious. I don't get the jitters. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I saw that Alex Becker had quit, and I'm a bit of an Alex Becker fanboy because I like what he's doing with the optimization stuff. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just do it as well. Uh, yeah. And cut down to one. And honestly, within a couple of days, I was like, sure, I felt a little bit lower energy, like lower mm-hmm. intensity, but I was so much more calm. Yeah. And I was like, I've not been this calm in a long, long time. I was like, is nice. this what I've been missing? Like, is this, like, maybe it has been negatively affecting me. I just haven't noticed because I've just, it's, it's been so long and so consistent. Yeah. Um, so now I'm down to about half a coffee in the morning like first yeah. thing and that's and you're it. gonna keep dialing and, it down 
Yeah, and and the biggest payoff, uh, biggest return on investment there has just been like all day energy. I one hundred percent miss the intensity that comes with like a very strong coffee, uh-huh. but um, but like in the evening, for example, I'm not, I'm tired, but I'm not tired. If you know what I mean, yeah, I can sleep yeah. like that, yeah. but I can still focus on something. I can still read books, engage with people. Um, so it's, it's been great. Shoot. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has ever like confirmed if this is a known side effect of caffeine, but let's say I haven't had caffeine in a month and then I have a coffee. Amazing, right? Just get that big mm. boost. It's a it's like I mean, not that I'm speaking from experience, it's like doing a line of cocaine. I'm speaking from anyway. <laughs> um but then as I build more and more into it, and I'm at that point where I like drinking four or five, it makes me literally exhausted. Like I'll yeah. be so tired. Yeah. I'll drink a coffee. I will be more tired. And then yeah. that night won't be able to sleep. So it's like mismatch on that one. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happier without it. I'm really trying to concentrate on my energy levels. And mm. um, as much as I love coffee, it does like artificially impact energy levels. So I'm just trying to reset my whole system and see what's in there. One of my big concerns for myself personally in performance is energy level. Sure. Um, if you look at the scale of like, you know, Tony Robbins is up here, the guy, a guy who's just like, ah, like literally 24 yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. And then like the laziest person in the world who's on a couch. I'm honestly, I'm probably in the like 60 to 70 percentile, 50 to 60, mm. something in there. And I really want to get some more of that kind of Tony Robbins pump going on, just like big energy. And I follow a lot of people uh, and I know a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, who are like that. And I'm always wondering, I'm like, where, where do you, where the fuck do you get all that extra energy? Yeah. And how can I get some? But uh, yeah. Do you think, do you think part of that is like faking it until you make it? I do. I do, but at, but at the same time when I say that, I'm like, but what about when you're just actually extremely tired? I, I think what I yeah. need is when I am legitimately extremely tired, I need something to do. I, I need like a, a protocol, a solution, whatever it is. Um, and I don't necessarily want it to be more sleep. Again, something sure. we've talked about, like I don't think more sleep is exactly the solution to all of our sleep problems. I think you agree. So you're on day seven, you've quit caffeine, cold turkey. Yeah. Uh, was it, was it, and is it, is it hard? I mean, how are you feeling? I'm fine. It, it really fine. wasn't, it, it was the only hard part for me is the ritual aspect of it. And mm. I work in coffee shops and also yeah. a topic for a different day. I've, I've told you this like personally, but I don't really identify as an alcoholic or an addict, but mm. I identify as being right on the slippery slope. Yeah. So I have to just be careful with this stuff. And like, I tend to, as goofy as it sounds, like I tend to kind of like abuse caffeine in a way, like yeah, just use sure. it just in a way that's just like not good. So it's been completely fine. The first couple of days, a little tired, a little bit of headaches, like everyone, but I don't know. Maybe my body just sort of handles that kind of transition pretty well. Do you think you will use it? Do you think you'll consume it again? Like, like one thing I, I want to experiment with maybe a few months from now 
is using caffeine strategically. I just don't mm-hmm. know if I can trust myself to do that. But I know people, I think Huberman's talked about it like, you know, like like what you said before, super tired for whatever reason. Um, maybe it's in the morning. It's like, okay, I'll have a coffee today. Like my one coffee per week or whatever. And it just yeah. gets you to that point where you can crush some work. Um, I'm super interested in that, like using it as a tool instead of a, a habit. I am too. If anything, I have thought about rituals that might be just kind of enjoyable for me. Because again, like coffee and caffeine, it's about enjoyment for me. Like it's just a part of of good life for me. So I've thought about like Monday morning is my only coffee of the week, right? And it would just be Mm. like the best coffee ever. Um, And I remember hearing an interview with Jocko a long time ago. I think really way before everybody knew about Jocko. It was one of his very first like podcast interviews. And um, he talked about how he uses caffeine, like if he's going to go on like a long drive or like pulled an all nighter for some military thing, of course, he'll use caffeine, but he uses like a specific type, a specific amount. And it's from some kind of like a white tea that has like a lot of caffeine. Yeah, like, the that's, pomegranate that's kind white of interesting. Tea. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. Yeah. I never looked into it. Um, by the way, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Jocko on that podcast a long time ago. And it was early in the episode before, you know, like, wow, this is a beast of a human being. Yeah. 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 Um, whoever it was asked him the question, they were like, okay, so let's say if you're at like a bar at like a social event, you know, like, what are you, what are you going to be drinking? And he leans into the mic and he goes, water. (laughs) It's just so hard. (laughs) Like no follow-up. He's just like water. And I'm like, damn, dude is hardcore. <laughs> My, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but there's a a memory that I have of Jocker that I will never forget because it's so burned into my brain. I went to his conference, the muster or whatever it's called in Sydney. Oh, I'm not and they with do that. Yeah, it's it's like leadership, you know, business leadership stuff. Um if you've read the book, then it's it's like the book. And conference form but it's, it's great like the energy's cool yeah um and they do like these workouts at 4 30 in the morning or like yeah. 5 a.m in the morning we're down near the harbor and uh it's just like circuit training you know body weight squats so on and so on and burpees yeah. i hate burpees everyone does right yeah and so it's like five in the morning i'm doing these burpees my my body's wrecked like i can't get another one out and I just look up and Jocko's staring like right at me. I mean, making eye contact. And I can't remember what he says. He says something like, do more. Or like, you can yeah. do more. And I was like, yeah. all right. Like he's yeah. staring into my soul and I'll never forget yeah. it. I was just like. Yeah. 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 And I love it was, stuff it was like that. terrifying actually. I, I love, I have always loved tough love. And I've always yes. wanted it for myself. I have always wanted father figures and secondary father yep. figures, coaches who will be ruthlessly hard on me. I had a kickboxing mm. coach for a while, uh, Muay Thai, actually. Um, and he would make us do planks forever. It'd be like, you do an eternity of planks, oh, and then you do a yeah. sprint, and then you do push-ups, and then you're back on the plank. And he would come around when things got tough. And if you were like sinking on the plank, he would come around and kick you in the kidneys. Like, just, oh. not as hard as he can, but like just pop yeah pop until you got your plank back up <laughs> let me tell you dude you'll do a plank for an hour and a half when he's kicking you in the gut mm. i love it i think it's important to have that yeah, um it's rare cool it's too rare. 
Next, next thing, and this is kind of a continuation from what we just talked about. What is the kind of the biggest thing you're focused on right now, performance wise? Um, so this year for me, so, so starting back January one, so we're halfway through the year. This year for me, the main thing for me was total cessation of alcohol consumption. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a thing for me where sometimes I have goals like that, where I'm like, this is so important for me that if I can accomplish this, I'm okay for a little while. I, maybe I don't need mm -hmm. to worry about lots of other things that I need to develop and optimize and, and need to achieve. Like this is the most important thing. And, um, knock on wood, I have thankfully crushed that. So uh, I, I guess I'm like day 190 or whatever it is. I, I quit drinking. My daughter Amazing. was born on January 1st and I drank that day. And it's kind of an embarrassing memory. I drank, I drank a lot the day my daughter was born. And I looked in the mirror and was like, what are you doing, man? Like mm. you got a new baby here and you're drinking like too much on that day. It's yeah. a shame, you know? Um, and the next, and then the next day, January 2nd, I've not had a drink since. So that was a big That's thing, awesome. but it goes back into all the other big things that kind of domino from there. My next biggest priority has been sleep and alcohol has a insane impact on sleep quality. Oh, so yeah. quit the booze sleep quality is going up already just because of that. And then I've done a bunch of sleep work as well, changing the time I go to bed, changing the time I get up, the mouth taping, you know, the nose breathing, um, not peeing during the night, like this whole litany of things I've done to improve my sleep efficiency. And again, because I find it interesting, um, sleep efficiency for me is REM plus deep sleep amount of time divided by total. And Matt mm. Walker, who is, I don't know, some people disagree with stuff he says he's like a sleep phd type guy he says that if that number is 50 percent or higher then that's really good sleep efficiency it means you're not laying mm -hmm. around for six hours in light sleep which yeah. is good uh, i do recommend matt walker's episode on tim ferris by the way and then i you found after he was on there you found another guy who sort of rebutted a lot of his points yeah and i recommend it that was too. interesting yeah yeah, yeah it's it good really to have good. both sides yeah. of it because uh yeah with with all of this stuff, like people repeat things, and it's like, like the, I think one of the rebuttals was the eight hours of sleep. It's like there's not that much evidence to suggest we need eight hours. Yeah. Like the yeah. the study's not that. It's like you should probably should aim for eight hours. Like it's not going to hurt yeah. you. Yeah, um, I've been getting so since I started getting up earlier, and because of my kids' bedtime and whatever, I've been getting much much closer to seven hours. Like between six yeah. and a half and seven hours. And I've been yep. really happy with that. It has taken an adjustment, but my understanding is that if you rigidly constrain your sleep, your efficiency will go up. Like you will get better sleep in a shorter mm. amount of time if you lock in that time frame. So I'm hoping for that. For, for me, I'm I'm getting around that as well, like six and a half. Um I'd say I average about six hours, forty minutes. The thing is I feel great. And like That's what awesome. I cannot do, what I cannot do is fall back to sleep. When I wake up, if oh, I wake okay. up at five thirty, I'm not getting back to sleep, no matter how hard I try. Which yeah. is is like a blessing and a curse because sometimes I do want to sleep in, especially yeah, in, it's winter here and like the sun doesn't yeah. come up until eight in the morning, and it's like yeah, yeah, it's not not ideal. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's there's the booze. I'm not sure. Yeah, booze, the sleep, and that entails getting up early, which for me personally, the biggest performance anything challenge of my life is getting up early in the morning. Um, mm. That varies per, by people. I don't, I don't know why that is. It's not like I slept super late as a kid or anything. Like I think I've had reasonable sleep hygiene throughout my life to some extent, but pushing that wake up time to sort of the six and then the 5am. And now I'm sort of working on four, four fifteen am is so, so tough for me. And honestly, I have been trying to do it consistently for a decade and I fail right. every time. So I'm on such like a good trajectory right now with my health that I'm hoping it sticks this time, but I'll report back. Do you, uh, can you work well in the evening? Like would you call yourself an evening person? The thing is, if I was just left to my own devices, yeah, I would have mm. a very alert, engaged time, whether it's work or whatever, I'd be very alert and engaged from 9pm to like 1 or 2am. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would gladly sleep until 10am. See, I, I, I cannot do that. Like past 9pm, I'm not a functioning human being. Yeah. I, I find it hard to even read a book. Yeah. So I, I think there's definitely something to that. Like, is it soma type? Is that what it's called? something i something do think like that. that yeah i'm not one to to use genetics as an excuse for anything but i think there is a bit of a genetic component to like your sleep archetype yep. kind of thing yeah there's a good book from daniel pink called when and he, he talks about this it's like a basically a book on time um, but he yeah. has like a chapter on the morning person the morning person evening person and there's like people in the middle yeah. Like these people that are both saying good for you. Yeah, I I'm think Daniel P Daniel Pink has been uh, has been called a, a softy, right? Isn't he kind of like a classic, like soft boy, small guy yeah, kind of is. thing, <laughs> like weak guy, left wing kind of weakling type dude? <laughs> I'm trying to remember like He's got where us I've canceled, heard man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. Well, I mean, better sooner than later. I mean, we're gonna get yeah, canceled yeah, at some right, point. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll throw in is, um, consistent ice baths. I've been interested in cold therapy mm. for many years, um, have done cold therapy for many years, but it's never been regular. And so sure. I've got a cold plunge now. And so I'm doing that. I really like it actually. It's not mm. that hard for me, I guess. So I'm going to keep pushing it. So I, I'm doing it like every other day or even a few days in a row. Um, I want to keep that going. So you do, when do you do that? Like first thing in the morning? No, I get up, I do fasted cardio, I go to the sauna and then I hop in the cold plunge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, the fasted cardio is new and that's my last piece is the zone two stuff, which I know is a thing for you, mm. but I have never done zone two ever, ever. So I've heard about it, but tracking yeah. my heart rate and trying to keep it that low is freaking tough, man. Because I yeah. enjoy exercising at higher intensity levels as opposed to just, oh, how slow am I going, you know? So I'm doing zone two as a part of that morning routine. Love that. Yeah, so zone two is going to be my answer to this. Um, or one of them at least. It's It's been a game changer for me. 
a few months ago, I I realized I was like, man, I've got so much energy. Like I'm just, I'm crushing life. Like I feel so good. And I was like, why? And the only thing I could point to was three to four times a week, I was either going for a zone two run outdoors or doing inclined treadmill and getting the heart rate to that. Um, and that's like an that hour, range. like a one hour session, three to four times a week. I uh, I normally aim, if I'm going for a run, it will be between 45 to 60 minutes and, and same yeah. on the treadmill. 45 minutes seems to be a good, I'm basing this off Peter Atia, what he said. Yeah. It's like anything less than 30, you're probably not going to spend that much time in zone two because you've got to ramp up and like there's a certain adaptation that happens yeah. um, and that adaptation requires time in zone two, not just five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um admittedly the past few weeks i haven't been that consistent but it's been it's been huge and it's like i i made a rule for myself that i would only listen to podcasts and like long form youtube videos mm-hmm. if i am walking driving which is like not that often um or yeah doing zone two at the gym okay so you believe in listening to things while you work out only that's controversial only, only those only zone two i i yeah. don't listen to anything when i'm lifting obviously yeah. I don't listen to anything when i do jujitsu um <laughs> only zone two because i don't know about you man but walking on a treadmill it's so boring like for 45 it's... minutes it is the most boring thing you can do yeah running running i don't listen to anything yeah um even zone two never have even zone two i don't listen okay. to anything yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's headphones. cool I completely support that because when I was training for some endurance stuff um, before, the long runs were the part that I just found the most grueling. And I would tell my, just to motivate myself, I would say on the runs, you can listen to podcasts and hey, it got me going. So do what you got to do. See, for me, it's like, uh, well, here's something I've been trying to articulate and, and maybe turn into a piece of content. Um, and we've actually got it on this list. I think what? there's this like this link between physical endurance and the ability to do deep work for long hours. Yeah, I'm really curious I'm about to that too. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is what I noticed, right? Like when I was training for the marathon, which I did in April, um, there there were so many sessions where I was like, it was it was actually not the pain and discomfort that got to me; it was the boredom. Yeah um just so like another, I remember one yeah another yeah. two-hour run you know <laughs> dude even listening to a podcast uh there was one time um i think it was like the week or two before the marathon i did 90 minutes on incline treadmill with the weight vest at the 45 minute mark i was like i'm so done i'm so done and and i just kept telling myself like no no like keep pushing keep pushing like you committed to this. You said you were going to do it. So you need to fulfill your commitment. Yeah. And that whole like, it sounds so cliche and simple, but if you go to the gym or you sit down to work and you say, I'm, I'm going to write for an hour, or I'm, I'm going to work out for an hour, you better do it and you better not quit at 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. the more you do that, the more you break your word to, to yourself, like you're just going to do it again and again and again. Totally. And so what I found was that by keeping my word to myself 
an exercise saying, no, I'm going to hit that 90 minute mark because that's what I came here to do. It crossed over into work where I was like, deep work, three hours. And I'd get to that point, one and a half hours in and be like, oh man, I'm, I'm bored. Like I just want to do something else. It's like, no, just keep going. Mm-hmm. So you stayed on the treadmill, right? I just want to. Stayed on the treadmill. Okay. I thought you were going to say 100%. you got off and I was going to be like, no. No, 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 no. Absolutely oh, not. And I stayed on. I pushed through. And, and you, you, you know how it is. Like when you do that, it, it feels so good when you actually finish. Yeah. Have you ever had when like experiences when it doesn't feel good though? I've had a lot of experiences when I've been like, I am going to fucking finish this thing. It's 30 more <laughs> minutes. And then I do it. And then when I'm done, I'm like, God, I hated that. It sucked. I <laughs> wish I didn't even do it. And I'm like, I still feel that way even after. It happens. Uh, I can't. No, I can't say I felt that. I always feel, I always feel happy that I've like pushed through. You know, what I don't like is when I get home and I'm like, hmm, I left some on the table. Yeah, yeah. You know okay. I mean? I mean, not to get us off track, but that's something I'm struggling with a little bit right now. Is I do not know when, in terms of physical activity and exertion, I do a lot of different stuff like you. Mm-hmm. I don't know when to truly empty the tank and when to leave a few reps in there. Because I do believe that if you're working on hypertrophy and health and injury-free, like I don't really, and maybe Jocko's different, like I don't think you truly empty the tank like every day or every workout. And so that's something I'm trying to figure out because I have a trainer, his programming is phenomenal, but sometimes it's like, that was like a 45 minute lifting session yeah not bad i crushed it i feel fine and i'm like i kind of it's almost like i feel guilty i'm like i think i need to lift for 20 more minutes but it's not in the workout you know totally yeah i I actually take back what i said about leaving things on the tape like i i could articulate it better it's like you do you do the best for that specific objective for your training session yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't remember, you know, that guy, the kettlebell guy, what's his name? Pavel Satsulin. Yeah. Yeah. Pavel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pavel. I, uh, he, in one of his books and I, I've never done the kettlebell. I did it for like a few weeks. Um, he says you shouldn't go to the gym and think about working out. It's like, it's training. It's like yeah. a skill. And I was yeah. like, I kind of like that. Like the idea of working out and just, I, I see these people, you probably do this, so no offense, but the, the people who do like the F45 CrossFit stuff, mm-hmm. but they aren't professionals and they're coming to the gym five times a week and they're just killing themselves. It's like, it's sad. Oh, it's really getting, hard to you're watch. Getting, you're getting sick every three weeks. No wonder why, like your CNS is just getting absolutely annihilated. Um, it's hard. It's hard to watch, man. Yeah. I see it. I see Sorry. it every time I'm at the gym because my gym has a CrossFit box on it and you right. can use the stuff. And so I see guys in there who are like not particularly mobile, not in great shape, yeah. probably have some cardio work going and they're doing like yeah. snatches, you know, like 15 in a row and it looks like shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't yeah. think you need to be doing Olympic snatches right now. No, bro. no, no. No, you got to work <laughs> up to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah it's it's something i think about a lot like where how far can you push it should you push it um one thing i'm one thing i'm realizing more and more is like 
you can you get to a certain point where you've been training for a long time where you can kind of just sense if you're verging on overdoing it yeah like you just you wake up you feel a bit tired um you're like all right probably shouldn't like do zone five air bike assault bike sprints today because uh, if i do then yeah so yeah i'm not sure i'm still figuring that out i definitely have that problem in jujitsu because i'm still i'm newer to mm. jujitsu you know than you and um in all the live rolling sessions that i've had basically all of them i always ask the more experienced guys for feedback like hey you know did i do anything wrong you know like for example yeah, yeah. last class i was with a guy um he was not a small guy, but I was probably a little stronger than him. And I picked mm -hmm. him up and I didn't body slam him, but I picked him up and like put him down kind of forcefully. Yeah. And after that, like the um, teacher and everybody was like, Hey, we don't, you don't do that with your partner. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh shit. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, it's with jujitsu. The feedback I get every single time is like, bro, you're working too hard. Cause I'm like gassing yeah. myself in like 10 minutes. And they're like, in the advanced class, you'll be rolling for like 60 minutes. You gotta, yeah. you gotta slow it down. But I just love that intensity, man. I just want to freaking rip people's heads off. What can I say? S same, same. <laughs> so do I. I. Actually, one thing I've noticed about jujitsu is like, I'm, I'm probably, oh, man, I got to come over then and roll with you. It'd be so fun. But yeah, I feel like I do pace myself pretty well. Maybe I'm a little bit too slow. Well, my I'll thing just, like, is that someone will get me in a position. I'll just like. I'll be nasal breathing. I'll be so calm. They're guessing themselves. I'm like, all right, they're probably going to choke me at some point in the next few minutes. But until then, I'm just going to stay here for as long as I can. My thing is I don't want to lose. Like even in like, oh, we're mm. just drilling for two minutes. Like I do not want to lose. So when mm. I start getting into a position where I'm like, there's a choking arm really getting lodged in there, whatever, like I don't want to lose. I go fucking crazy. And so that's yeah. when people are telling me to take it easy. I'm like, does that mean just let them win so that I can start over again? Cause I, I just, I, don't, I haven't figured it out yet. That's good. This conversation could turn into just jujitsu, but we'll go switch. No, there's switch a lot more I want to talk about there. Um, yeah, but to conclude I, your zone two thing, basically you feel for yourself that the zone two training has given you like more energy just generally speaking more energy and it's got a lot of transfer to mental work i think way more than, than lifting yeah. weights does um it's just yeah hmm. I, I forgot who who said it but they're like if you look at a lot of these high performing ceos they almost always have a solid cardio routine mm -hmm. um so there's something there i don't think it's fully been figured out yet but Worth next time on the pod we will figure it exactly. out exactly <laughs> yeah um so what do we have oh it, you gave your new stuff that you're working on zone two right zone two i'm trying to think if there's anything i think it's that jujitsu um, like we're both working on jujitsu jujitsu is great there's yeah, yeah. I, it's like uh you know how there's that that meme or that joke about like if you're vegan like you can figure out who a vegan is because they'll tell you about it. I think it's the same with jujitsu. It's like, you'll know if someone does jujitsu because they will tell you about it. And most people I talk to in real life, I'm like, God, oh, you got to take it up. You got to get into it. Yeah. Did I ever tell you why I started? 
No. There's a men's therapist guy. He's a really interesting dude. And oh, he, yeah, he posted on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just came on Instagram one day and he was like, so many men come to me for therapy. And my first response is, I think you need to go to a jujitsu class, not therapy. Huh. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. Yeah. I had always wanted why, to start. Why do you think of it? Why do, why do you think he said that? Did he explain it? Um, because jujitsu is a physical activity and he thinks a lot of men need to be engaged with their body, like doing body work, yeah. physical work, engaging with another human physically, like yes. grabbing, touching, throwing humans and talking and making friends mm. and being social and jujitsu brings it all together. Whereas therapy is just kind of such a limited modality, just talk and response. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. it. Yeah. So we have, um, I guess this will probably like wrap it up for us, but this is a pretty good intro, um, for the first episode, which is some controversial opinions we have and mm. we're talking about therapy. So that leads right into it. So I'll throw out my first one. Talk therapy is mostly bullshit. So there we go, folks. Oh. Cancel, cancel and run away. Um, I, I would agree with that, but I don't know if I can because I've never been to therapy, so I don't feel like I can have an informed opinion. I've just read about the history of it, and I think as a lot of it is yeah, 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 it's fair. Shaky. Now, the the big caveat is that I do think talk therapy can be incredibly helpful to a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, but mm. the idea that it will like fundamentally solve your mental health problems or challenges is a joke. Uh, you need so many more inputs and so much different, so many different types of mental engagement, so to speak, mm. to conquer those things. And I speak as a person who has done therapy, uh, would say that they've been depressed before. Um, nothing like crazy, you know, too serious, like sure. nothing suicidal or any of that type of thing. Uh, I have had attention issues and have, uh, I've been prescribed a couple things in the ancient past and so forth. So I'm definitely not an expert, but I have some experience at the end of the day, I took my ment I concluded that my mental health is my problem and yeah. I have to figure it out. I might engage a therapist as a part of that, but not the other way around. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it would just be one input into my mental health plan that I am building for myself. So I like that. I, it does seem to me like it's kind of, it, it's almost advertised as like the, the magic pill. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's become a meme too. You know, it's just like, yeah. Oh, everybody needs a therapist. You need a therapist. We all need a therapist. Not really. We all need people to talk to. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, maybe you need more friends who you have sort of mm. therapeutic conversations with or whatever, but, um, that's my rant on therapy. Amazing for some people in certain circumstances, but like generally like over crazy overrated. I think that's why I've never been because I, I just have trusted people I can talk to, you know, if I'm dealing with something, okay. yeah. like, but who knows, maybe in the future. Yeah, no, we can go back and go. forth. Just... We can go back and forth. That's my first controversial opinion. What's yours? <sighs> I hmm. did you not have I any? Had many... No, no, oh, you, I have many, have... but uh, there's some that are not related to performance, so I won't share them on on this podcast. Um, 
Well, I have like two that aren't All right. really. You, you carry on, related. I think. Um, well, this one's a little more performancey, and I think you'll sort of uh, recoil at this one. But I think mental models are basically bullshit, or uh, maybe more accurately, mental models are just a form of procrastination. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. Well, I think they're interesting, right? Sort of like biology yeah. is interesting. Um, not that biology is a waste of time or anything, but it's in that category for me. Like, it's not like mm. super actionable, super useful. It's probably a bigger distraction. Overall, my fundamental thought here is there is actually one mental model that matters and it's shut the fuck up and do it. And that's like my mantra yes. right now. It's, and I told you this, it's abbreviated. It's Stifuati. It's my new Hakuna Matata. Stifuati, shut the fuck up and do it. That to me, like that's the mental model um, that 99.9% .9 of people need right now, probably me and you included. Now, I think you could learn and get a bunch of cool ideas from mental models. There's nothing wrong with them. I just mostly see them used sort of as a form of procrastination or mental masturbation. Yep. I can, I can see that. I think, um, one thing I've been thinking about is if you're the type of person like I am, who is by nature analytical and mm -hmm. a researcher and strategic, one of the best things you can do is like not double down on that and instead just execute because you are not going to work on something. You're not going to be stupid. If you're that type of person, naturally, you're intuitively going to make reasonable decisions, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. In in other words, like, you, yeah, like in other words, like your gut is not going to be that wrong. Like it might, exactly. it might be a little off, but it's, it's probably still justifiable to do the yeah, like thing. The, the high leverage thing you can do is like, just do the work. Whereas there are some people who I know who are like great at execution, but I see them and it's like, man. You're just, you're kind of in the wrong direction. Like you, you could just step back a bit, maybe use the mental models, maybe be a bit more strategic and then go back to execution. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but you've read and written a lot about mental models and you know way more about them than I do. <clears throat> um, have you found some that have been more than just interesting? Like some that have been profoundly impactful for you or have like whatever changed your mind about different stuff or has it mostly just been sort of research i would say like as embarrassing as it is like most of that i agree with you like it's been it's been mental masturbation right um it's hard to t it's hard to quantify how useful they are because i think a lot of that thinking happens again like on a subconscious level or you're using mental models in your, in your decision making that you learned about years ago and you're mm -hmm. not really saying like oh i'm going to employ the mental model of sunk cost fallacy or like explore yeah. and exploit like you're not saying yeah. that to yourself it's just coming in through your thought mm -hmm. um so like one one mental model i do use a lot just intuitively now is like exploration versus exploitation it's like you you know, if you explore for too long, you're never going to exploit. Um, and if you exploit too early, then you might not do it on the best thing or the highest leverage in the highest leverage way. So it's like finding that ideal point to execute on something you've been researching or thinking about, um, I think is a difficult thing to do. 
especially if you're an analytical type and tend to procrastinate. But yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I uh I think with a lot of the stuff, if you look at guys like Charlie Munger and all of them, it's like, did they succeed because of their mental models? Or is that like somewhat of a post rationalization? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was gonna say it's something yeah. After the fact, they were like, oh, this would be a good piece of content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you bring, well, you, I don't know you did answer. bring up a good point that to the extent, like, I don't know if things like confirmation bias and sunk cost fallacy, et cetera, if those are mental models, those, those ones are important. There yeah. are a lot of mental models that we all have the average human uses to make decisions that we don't know about. And I think mm. knowing about what's operating on you is important. So like the first time I learned yes. what confirmation bias was, I was like, oh, and it makes all sense. And because when you know that, you can bring awareness yeah. to your confirmation bias and say, hey, let me let me put that aside and like try to actually see something new here. And that's been yeah. that's actually been super important to me. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I coming full circle, I do think they're actually helpful um, because I think if, you know, it's like uh, if I hadn't had learned these things, then I would be easier to manipulate. I think that's what it is for me at the end of the day. It's like a, a good example. You're you're 18 years old. You're scrolling Twitter. Um, you see this person say, dropshipping is the best business model. Like, blah, blah, blah. Look at this. And they're just using all the sales techniques. And like, if you don't know any better or you haven't studied the, the biases you haven't read a book like influence um you can get taken for a ride yeah. uh and in, in a bad way and so it's like i think to protect yourself against that is, is extremely useful it's mm -hmm. to me it's like what charlie Munger says avoiding being stupid i love that idea mm -hmm. like don't try to be smart just avoid being stupid mm -hmm. i try to live life like that damn that is a good um, one that is a good one yeah i got one more for you uh, did you, unless you thought of one controversial opinion, go, go ahead, go ahead. Goals. And I actually, I'm really curious your thoughts on this. Um, goals are overrated. I, I'm not a big goal guy. I'm not a big goal setter. I don't really have any concrete goals that I really am focused on right now. And I always sort of thought that or felt self-conscious about it. But then uh, years ago, I read Scott Adams book called mm -hmm. um it's something like how to fail at almost everything and still win big yeah. it's actually such a good book that guy got That's real controversial like when trump was coming out have you read that one? Oh yeah it's a great book yeah it's yeah. a good book i mean you can read it in like two hours in one sitting or something mm -hmm. but he he really got me going on that which is like the system matters and the inputs to the system matter and you just have to trust that if you're building the system and following the system, better and better outcomes are going to be happening. And you can't really control the outcome always. You can just control mm. what you're putting in to achieve. And that's resonated with me. And I have always sort of shied away from like spending a lot of energy on goals. And I do wonder what I'm missing out on that though. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess a counterpoint to that because I've, I've thought about that. I've thought about the systems thing. I agree with it. However, the one thing I think goals offer, especially when they're defined well, is alignment, clarity, and motivation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really hard to just like have a system without a goal because mm-hmm. my I get more energized when I'm like there's this ambitious goal that it might not be extremely defined. It might even be vague, but it's like a sort of north star I'm working towards. For example, when I had the mountain marathon booked in, like I was, my training was way better. I I could give myself the system of okay you're going to run three times a week and build that up. But without that goal in mind, like I just wouldn't have done it. Right. So I think goals are useful for that activation energy, but at the same time, I think, uh, and Scott Adams might've said this in his book where if you have a goal and you just focus on that goal every day until you achieve that goal, you are in a mode of failure, basically, um, not achievement. Whereas mm-hmm. with the system, you can be in that mode of achievement every day you you work on the system. Yeah. yeah I, get, I mean, I agree. I guess the thing is I actually do have goals, but I guess what I feel is that goals are just generally overblown and overrated in terms of their importance. So for example, sure. right now, over the next six weeks, I'm losing eight or 10 pounds to look more shredded. That's a very art- clear goal. Like that is the goal. Yeah. But- I established that goal and I'm like, that's it. I, I'm not even thinking about it anymore because yeah, every day, yeah, yeah. like I'm tracking my macros, I'm working toward that, right? I'm focused on building that system yes. every day. And so I'm just like, okay, what's the fucking big deal about goal? What's the goal? You want to lose 10 pounds? Cause like, no, I'm, I'm with you. Who yeah. cares? Like everybody's goals are different. Like you might want to lose 15 pounds in the next two months. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Like let's, let's get to yeah. work. So I'm with you. You set the goal and then you, you just get to execute and you, you kind of forget about the goal. It's just yeah. like you achieve it. That, that's how I think about yeah. it too. Yeah. Like it, it just reminds me of when I completed my first um, triathlon, when I got I, finishing was actually like the low point. I was yeah. literally finished. And I was just like, man, I'm bummed. It's yeah. over. I looked at the I'm lake not. and was like, can I just walk down there and start again? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, exactly. It's a finite game. That's the issue. Um, uh, have you read Finite and Infinite Games by James Carr? Yeah, it's a great book. I, I actually, so I've been good. thinking about it a lot of the past few weeks and I'm like, I need to read that book again. That's one. There's, there's a handful of books that I just keep close to my body. Like I, they're mm. by my bed, they're in my backpack. Like there's a handful of them. Um, and that is one of them. Love it. Yeah. We are coming up on the hour. Uh, I have a controversial opinion, which yes. I'm not sure how to articulate that well. Um. But I I don't even think this is that controversial anymore. I think almost everyone who's like using some sort of digital note-taking app, who switches it, who's like trying to download the next task manager app, they're stupid, including myself. Because uh, I've, I've been reading like biographies and books about, you know, say Leonardo da Vinci. And it's like, this guy was the outlier of all outliers. He didn't have access to motion. <laughs> yeah, pen and paper. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually forcing myself to to not use these things now. Yeah. And I get the arguments. It's like, oh, well, you can link your thought and blah, blah, blah. And like pen and paper isn't as efficient. And, you know, well, would, would you have been one of those people when pen and paper came along? You're like, no, I'm going to use stone tablets. Yeah. I get that. But I'm just like. I think it's more distracting than it is useful for a lot of people, including myself. It so, was for me. I, I gave yeah. Notion everything I had. I took a fucking online course mm. on how to Dude, have the same. best Notion. <laughs> you know? 
I, I did it all. I, and I, I even paid money to buy, you know, whatever notion templates or whatever. Yeah. And I yeah, really yeah. did use it. Like I used it for probably a year. And then yeah. when I quit using it, it's like nothing, nothing happened. I didn't lose anything. I don't miss anything. Um, at all. The question you have to ask is like, is this making me more effective or not? Yeah, and probably not. For me, it's like, it's, it's just not. And then at the same time, I, I have an app called Simple Note that's yep. made by the WordPress guys or whatever. It's just free. It's the most basic note-taking app probably mm. in the world. And I've used it for, I think, at least 10 years now. And so every time I try to change and do this and use Notion or Rome or whatever, I always end up back on Simple Note. Just open, huh. title, brr, go. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you yeah. need. All right, man. So I have other wrap. controversial opinions, but oh, we'll I'm sure leave you them to the next time. Okay, yeah, we'll leave them to the next yeah. time. And we have like 50 other things we want to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's do this again. And uh, excited. Excited. Yeah, man. Good first episode. That was fun. Later. All right. Catch you.